honored to have him. And I want you to make welcome our missionary to the Middle East from Beirut, Lebanon, Brother Tofik Azar. everyone can we clap unto the Lord God we love you tonight thank you Jesus we give you glory and honor and praise come on let's lift him up you deserve all the glory thank you Jesus thank you Jesus isn't God awesome isn't he wonderful isn't he excellent amen it's so good to be with you here tonight in Potts Camp Mississippi it is such an honor and privilege uh, to be here one more time we love Pastor Vasquez and his wife and his church family, we, we honor you, we love you. It is, uh, we consider this, this uh, church friend of ours, Pastor Vasquez, throughout the years had invested in our mission work in the Middle East. You all had poured of your heart and your finances and you've helped us reach souls in, in, in that region. And we, we uh, on behalf of our church and our family, we thank you for every prayer every uh, help that you've given us and of course we thank you for sending Pastor Vasquez every year to the Middle East it's been a great blessing to the work there and also recently we we had uh, one of the uh, Bethlehem Church uh, great young man brother Aaron we are so honored and thankful to have him in Beirut with us he's been uh, I, I, they've tell, told me last week they had a youth service and he preached under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and uh, most of our young people prayed back through to the Holy Ghost, several first-time visitors. They were weeping, amen, under the, thank you, Jesus. He touched many lives, teaching music, training, teaching Sunday school, going on the streets of Beirut with our AOB team, uh, reaching out, giving people flyers, telling them about God and sharing the gospel. Amen. He's not afraid of this gospel, and I'm thankful to have such a young man with us in Beirut, Lebanon. Been a blessing to the work and praying we get to keep him a little longer, so we'll see, but we'll try to. But we, we, we're so thankful that you trusted us and sending him there. If you can please be seated for a moment. I'm not going to take a long, lot of time, but uh, I believe that the hour that we're living in is pressing and is changing, and I believe it's on a global uh, place we, we we I feel like we've entered into a new era a new time COVID had impacted the world in such a, a crazy way but I do believe that this is the best hour for us for the church I believe that God is not out of, out of the scene he's in control he's, he's in, in charge of every situation uh, there in the Middle East of course it, it has impacted us in such a way uh, we've also always have it seems like we always have something going on in Lebanon. I don't think that there ever been a dull day, but there's always things taking place. And uh, uh, recently, about a year ago, you all uh, uh, probably heard about the explosion that took place in Beirut that took about one third of our city and uh, our economy had collapsed. And right after that, COVID, COVID also had a tremendous impact. Our banking system has literally shut down in Lebanon. People can't draw their finances, their money out, their saving is all gone. And you can imagine that, uh, that, uh, uh, that, that impact that has taken place and the results of that, a lot of businesses had shut down, a lot of people in, uh, in our city has been devastated. Inflation, inflation had went about 400%. Uh, you can imagine someone who maybe 
just to use examples here in the U.S., maybe somebody who make a thousand dollar a month uh, and uh, was was doing well and able to pay his bills and so forth, and uh, used to buy a propane gas to cook once once a month. He needed probably one propane gas about seventeen, uh, eighteen dollars. Now that propane gas is about two hundred and fifty dollars, so you can imagine the the impact that has taken place. Um, and in all of that, we felt like our God had brought our church in Lebanon to such a time as this. I believe that God has strategically positioned us to where we're able to reach peoples in their times of need and to tell them that God loves them, God cares about them, that there is still a church that cares about their, their well-being. And uh, God had helped us. We've been, uh, throughout the years, we, we have helped our, some of our church family and others as well putting boxes of food. Uh, we, uh, when we first went to Lebanon, God dealt with my wife and I about starting what's called Project 5000. We had no finances for it. We had no uh, help for it, but we believe that if we can take a little, I believe that God will bless it and will multiply. And so our vision was to feed about 5,000 people. I don't know how many throughout the years that we were able to do that. But uh, recently, uh, we, we, since the problems start happening in Lebanon, and since the economy has been in a spiral uh, meltdown, we, we start putting these boxes of food. We were doing about 20 a month, and right now we're averaging over 100, sometimes more, uh, putting boxes of food, putting flyers inside of them, and taking them to homes, and, and being able to help some of our church folks, as well as some of the people in our city. And because of that, we have been able to really shine in a dark place and we've been able to share the gospel with many people several of these people have been coming to our church as the results of the love of God and reaching out to them be hearing this message of the one God who is manifested through Jesus Christ amen to come to their to, to save them and to deliver them and and as well we put together a lot of uh, boxes of dry milk uh, even on a daily basis even being here in the states I just came last week and uh, uh, Constantly, we're getting people are in desperate need for food. So uh, I spoke with Pastor Vasquez, and this is what our church is really in a great need at this time in Lebanon, is to be able to get these boxes of food to as many homes as, as we're able to. We have uh, uh, been able to help our police city in our city and some of the people that they are close to our church. And we've, we've, we've had a, a tremendous impact on them. If God leads you to be able to, to partner with us in that, it would be a great help. These boxes averages around $30 uh, a month. That includes a dry milk uh, to the children. We only give dry milk for those who have kids. And uh, it would be a tremendous help. Please speak to Pastor Vasquez about it. We greatly appreciate your help in, in the work of God in the Middle East. But I also want to tell you that in, despite of everything that's taking place, this year has been one of the most impactful years for us in Lebanon. We've had several people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We've had several people get baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. I tell you, God, God works when everything is going chaotic and everything, there is like a whirlwind happening. You cannot put your finger on things. God is right there working, drawing, healing, delivering. Amen. Saving in our church in Bridge of Hope School. We've had several of our children this year uh, receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you all these kids are Muslims. Most of them, 90% are Muslims. But yet they're hearing the gospel. They're responding to the Holy Ghost. God is touching their families and their parents.
and we thank we thank the Lord. We see our work is, is ahead of us, but we still believe that this that this year is not ended, and we're still looking forward to have more kids receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Just speaking to my son Jacob today, he told me about a lady that uh, one of the ladies in our church, and it was really an amazing story about her back and when when Pastor Vasquez was with us in our lettering conference. She started coming to our church, and uh, she comes from a, a Muslim Shia background. And uh, she came to us uh, right after conference, and she, she told me, Pastor, I want to be baptized. And I said, well, that's wonderful. And I wanted to, to ask her, why do you want to be baptized? Amen. And we want to make sure that people who are getting baptized, they just don't want to be Christians, but they, they know what they're doing. That water baptism is for the remission of sins. Amen. That it's putting on Christ in baptism. Amen. She said, well, the truth is several, took about a couple of months ago, my husband left me, me and my girls, and I was not uh, uh, able to provide for myself. I was in a very dire need, and in that night, uh, I, I, I cried, and I cried out to God, and I said, God, if you are there, if you will be able to help me. And she said, I was in so much uh, pain and hurt, uh, my husband leaving me and my, my girls and my situation. She said, I went to sleep crying that night she said that night i had a dream and in that dream i had a man wearing white coming to me she said i didn't I look at i didn't i couldn't see his face but his face was shining and and in his hand he had a bucket that was full of fine powdered gold and he brought it to the kitchen and there i was in the kitchen and he told me take and she said i took a scoop and put it on the kitchen table and in the dream i took another scoop put it on on the kitchen table and she said, and she told him, this is enough. He said, no, take more. Amen. And when she said, when, when he said, take more, she told me that I asked him, who are you? And he said, I am Jesus, the one who you cried for the night before. And I came to help you. Amen. She said, from that moment, I believed in him. And I knew he's he. Amen. The, the God that I cried out to. I didn't know his name. But he came to me in the person of Jesus. She said, that's why I want to be baptized. I want to become a Christian. Because my God, my Jesus had came to me. Amen. Can I tell you that, that she got baptized in Jesus' name and God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I want to tell you tonight, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what situation you're going through. It doesn't matter how dark your world is. If you were to cry out, there is a God that loves you. There is a God that wants to answer your prayers. That there is a God that cares about you. And he'll bypass borders, bypass situations and come to right to where you're at. Amen. She, she told me, one of the brothers at our church, he called me, Brother Michelle, and told me that she was very sick and she was very ill. And uh, so Jacob, Brother Michelle, went there and prayed for her. And yeah, today she was in church. Amen. Jacob told me God healed her. They anointed, they gave her a handkerchief with oil and prayed in the name of Jesus. Can I tell you there is still power in the name. God is still doing healing, is still doing miracles. We serve a living God. And anybody, anybody, hallelujah, that comes to him. Amen. God, God, is so, it was so wonderful. And we had several reports. One of our sisters that was in a very difficult situation 
almost about to go to jail because of some, some very difficult, was not her fault. And the people that she was there, they held her. Amen. And we kept on praying for her. And, and yesterday, my son Jacob, he said, Dad, we're going to have a Sunday of deliverance. God is going to do something in our church. Amen. This week. And you know what? They prayed about it yesterday. Today, they sent her free. Can I tell you, there are things that happen in the spirit. That sometimes we don't see it, but I tell you, every prayer you pray, every word of faith you speak, everything you, amen, God moves. And when God moves, he bring, he opened doors that nobody had opened. Oh, Holly, don't you love Jesus tonight? Don't you love him? Isn't he awesome and wonderful? Amen. So we, I can, I can stay all night and speak about Lebanon, the mission work there. But, but I, I did come and I felt like God had really... I laid a message on my heart and I, I, I really believe that God want to minister to somebody in this place tonight. Amen. Are you happy to be in church? Amen. Thank you God. Thank you Jesus. Amen. If you can please stand with me. Thank you Lord. Thank you God. I believe, I believe that God loved to be pursued. I believe that God loves to be chased. The Bible says, if you seek me from all of, my, all of your heart, you will find me. Amen. And, uh, and so, uh, with the help of the Lord, feel like when I want to go in that direction tonight. And I uh, want to ask you, if you can please go with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 22 and verse 22. There has been a prophecy that has been spoken A man into in the scripture the Bible says and the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder so he shall open and none shall shut and he shall shut and none shall open and I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place and he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. This prophecy was about our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you go with me one more place. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7. The Bible says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these things, saith he that is holy, he that is true, and he that has the key of David, he that opened and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. Amen. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Amen. With the help of the Lord, I want to, to preach tonight from this, from this thoughts. I want to preach about the key of David. The key of David. If you can please help me pray. God we love you. And we honor you tonight. We thank you for your presence. That we feel in this church tonight. We ask you to speak to our hearts. And speak to our minds. We thank you. And give you all the glory. And all the honor. In Jesus name we pray. In Jesus name. Would you give the Lord a hand clap tonight. Thank you God. Thank you Jesus. Amen. And please be seated. Amen. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 25 and 2 that it is the glory of God to conceal a thing. 
But the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Amen. The Bible, Jesus tells us in John 5 and 39, the Bible says, Search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and they are which testify of me. I believe tonight that if you really want the truth, God would reveal it to you. I believe tonight if you really are hungry for God, amen, you can find him. I believe that if you set your heart on the things of God, amen, that you can lay a hold of the things of God. I believe that God is so close to us that the Bible says in him we live and move and have our being. But I believe that God likes to hide things. I believe that God likes to keep things. I believe, I believe that, that salvation is available. Amen. But I believe that salvation ought to be desired, ought to be sought after. Amen. I believe that healing is available. Amen. But you, you've got to really desire it and, and ask God for it. I, I believe God's blessings are available. Amen. But they're not just going to come like that. Amen. They've got to be certain conditions that they've got to be met. They've got to be certain, certain things that you and I got to do. We got we to gotta let God know that God, I, I want you from all of my heart. And I desire you from everything that I have in you. And, and when you have this mindset, I believe believe that when you make up your mind that, that you're going to reach God and you're going to touch God, I believe that, that that thought, amen, will open the windows of heaven. That desire will, will make you reach out to things beyond the walls and beyond the borders. Amen. I, I believe, I tell you, I believe that the kingdom of God is like a storehouse. Amen. You and I don't lack anything tonight. Simply because you don't have it, it doesn't mean that you don't have access to it. When I tell you that your God owns the seven hills, your God can do far and beyond what you can ever imagine. Hallelujah. He's not short of healing. He's not short of deliverance. He's not short of performing miracles. He's not short of anything. We, we, our God is able to do anything. And I believe that God has already given us things that pertain to life. I believe that God had set things in the storehouse. The Bible tells us that whatever you need, God had put them in the storehouse. Amen. Simply because you don't have it, it does not mean that it's not in your father's house. Oh, hallelujah, amen. Simply because we, we are not walking in it, it doesn't mean that God did not give it to us. Simply because you don't have the Holy Ghost, it does not mean that God did not give it to you. The Bible says you are to receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost. The moment you reach out to God, the moment that you make up in your mind, hallelujah, that I'm going to have the Holy Ghost, that I'm going to receive the gift of God, that I'm going to have God move in my life. Oh, hallelujah, God will open doors and will help you. Amen. And as you, and as you think about the heaven, about the kingdom of God, it's like, I believe it's like, a, it's a kingdom that has doors and, and not everybody can come to it. Not everybody can come inside. I want to tell you, a lot of people visit our church in Lebanon, but not everybody is part of the church. Hallelujah. There's got to be something. Jesus said, amen, that if you want me, if you want to win your soul, you got to lose it. Amen. If you want to have things, you got to give up things. Amen. You got to be willing and desiring to access into that place. And we're not talking just about a physical building but if you want to be a part of the church of the living God they've got to be a desire a cherish in your heart amen a revelation of what the church means to you oh hallelujah and as you think about the kingdom of God 
God desires that everybody gets in. But the truth is not everybody is going to get inside. Hallelujah. And, and, and then I believe that God had put doors. If you read about Jerusalem in the book of Revelation, it's not just open to everybody. There are gates on it and there are doors into it. And I believe that the kingdom of God has all these doors and all these gates that they are set. Amen. Amen. Not anybody can walk in, but you've got to really want to go in. And, I, and I'll tell you inside, inside that storehouse, there are areas and there are rooms just like in the tabernacle in the Old Testament. There is the outer court and there is the inner courts and there are places you can get with God and I want to tell you, amen, God is so awesome and so wonderful that the moment you start getting in and feeling God, there is that drawing, amen, drawing to more of him. The church is not a place of boredoms. I don't believe, I believe it's exciting to live for God. It's, it's a wonderful life for living for Jesus. He'll take you from glory to glory, from miracle to miracle, from, from a trial to, to victory. Hallelujah. Something about the Lord that keeps drawing you in and in and in. Amen. Now if, if I tell you this is one of the keys that they are vital for anybody to get into the kingdom of God. You without it, you're not going to come in. Without it, you're always going to be on the outside. And that first key is called the key of faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. You got to believe, you got to believe that, that when God gives you that key, that key will work. And when it works, amen, not every door that's closed, it means it's locked. Not every door that's locked, it means you don't have access to it. When God gives you a key, it means it doesn't matter how, how locked that door is. God giving you access to it. And I believe that God had given us access to the things of God. I believe that God had given us access to miracles, to healing, to provision, to blessings. And, you, and that key is called faith. You gotta have faith. You're not gonna go anywhere with God without believing Him. I'm not talking about analyzing God and trying to make sense of things and trying to understand how God is gonna do it. Amen. That's not faith. Faith, putting all these things aside and believing God that God, if He said it, He's going to do it. Believing if God promised it, it will come to pass. Believing, amen, that the word of God forever liveth. And that God is watching over his word that he's going to bring it to pass. I don't know how God heals people. I've never seen the mechanism of it. But I've seen them healed. They reported healing. I, I don't know how God can take someone that has leukemia in their blood and God heals them. I didn't see the operation, how God did it. But I had faith that God can do it. I don't know how God can put a child's hip back in place when the hips was melted and the x-ray shows no hip but yet God moves and there was a hip in that place. I don't understand how God can give somebody a new heart, a new vein, but I want to tell you God too does it. I don't know how God fills people with the Holy Ghost, but I've seen them, amen, speak in tongues, just like the scripture says. I don't see the mechanism of it, but I believe God for it. 
We believe God that every time we lay hands on somebody, that healing will be imputed into their bodies. Because the Bible says, you shall lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. And faith is a process. You might not feel it tonight, but you hold on to it. I did it. I believe God for it. It's coming. My miracle is coming. Oh, hallelujah. How many times? Did we get healing in our bodies and we left them at the altars because they didn't happen instantaneously. When the Bible says, amen, they shall recover. Something you got to understand about faith that when you believe God for something, you better take it home. You got to hold on to it. Even though the report comes back negative, you got to say, you know, it's coming. It's coming. God is going to do it. Hallelujah. And I believe that this key will give you access to the things of God. It'll give you things to, to the miraculous of the Lord. And this key has nothing to do with how spiritual you are and how good you are. It has to do with you having the key. A lot of people are going to do miracles in the name of Jesus. And Jesus doesn't even know them. It doesn't mean because somebody raised somebody from a wheelchair that God has approval upon their life. Or that means that they are saved. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Some folks grab hold of that key and they know that God is going to respond and they can use it. But I still believe that you've got to be born again from the water and the spirit to be, to be saved. Hallelujah. I believe that there are certain keys. And once you get into that inner court and when you are part of the kingdom of God and now God is doing miracles, you're praying, God is answering your prayers. Amen. Your, your, your God is walking in your life. And I don't believe that this is it for you. I don't believe that this is all what God has for you. I believe that there are more rooms in the kingdom of God. Amen. The closer you enter into room to a room, the closer you're getting to the heartbeat of God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not in this for what I, what I can get. I'm not in church for God to bless me. I'm not in church, amen, because I desire God to do something in my life. I'm in church because I want to know him. I want to experience his power. I want, I want him to visit me. I want him to remember me. I want him to know my name. Oh, hallelujah. Therefore, amen, there was other keys that God responds to. And I believe that that key will open doors, amen, of blessing. That key is called giving. Hallelujah, amen. I know people that are not even Christian simply because they practice giving. Amen, God bless them. He opens the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on them. You know why? Because they grab a hold of that key and it works. Amen. Have you been tired of trying to, to move forward, but yet you feel like that door is not getting open? Maybe you're, you're not using your key. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're trying to figure out how can go through that door. All what you need is, is use that key. And the Bible is full of keys that will give you access to the things of God. Amen. Will get you closer into that inner room. Hallelujah, that few people have been able to get to. Amen. The third key I want to speak to you about. Amen. Throughout the, the scripture, it, it's the key that's called repentance. Repentance is a key. Repentance is not just a status of a, an emotional status that you get to into your life. But I believe that repentance will open doors. Hallelujah. Amen. That will open doors into the mercy of God 
Amen. Throughout the scriptures as you read. Amen. That, that a lot of people throughout the scriptures. This is what happens. When God calls somebody, God gives them a status. God gives them a place. God gives them a, a position. God gives them an amount of favor. God gives them a level, amen, of, 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 of grace and mercy that goes with them. And if you're not careful, you can lose that place with God. And you cannot get it back. Hear me tonight. Several men in the Bible that God had chose and God had called and God had done a lot of work. Great works in their life and they were not able and they lost it and they were not able to get it back. The first person was, we read about was Adam. Amen. Adam was in the garden. God had blessed him. God had given him health. He'd given him uh, to eat from all the fruits of the garden. God had, had given him, amen, everything he needed, dominion and authority. Amen. And he lived in the garden, but yet at a moment of weakness, at a moment he sinned, he ate from the food that God told him not to. And the results of that, he lost position and he lost a place with God. And Adam could not get back to what he has lost. He was kicked away from the garden and there there was a, an angel with flame. There he lost that place with God. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and other people throughout the scriptures, as you read about them, they did not have what's called repentance. They could not get what God, what God had given them and they have lost it maybe because of sin or negligence or a moment of weakness. You read about Cain, the Bible tells us because of a jealousy of his brother, he killed his brother. And now he's casted away from the presence of God. He can never come back. Hallelujah. There was no repentance for Cain. You read further throughout the scriptures, amen. You read about, about uh, uh, Esau in the Bible. The Bible tells us that Esau sold his birthright. At a moment that he really did not value what God has done for him. He did not value his place in God. And I believe that Esau is like some folks that maybe they've been raised in church or been raised or been in church for a long time. That they get used to the presence of God and they got used to the favor of God. They get used to, to the things of the Lord and they became reckless. Reckless about their birthright and reckless about the, their place in God and, and for a morsel of bread. They sell, amen, their, 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 they, their marriage, they sell their family, they sell their friends. They said they turn on God for, for a moment of pleasure, they commit sin. And at that moment, I tell you, they lose, amen, what God had given them. At a moment, amen, that of a, for, for, for a morsel of bread, for, for little pleasure in the world, for little things, amen, they turn back on God and everything that God has done for them. The Bible tells us in Hebrew 12 and 17 that afterward that he would have inherited the blessing. Esau was rejected and for he found no place of repentance, though salted carefully with tears. I want to tell somebody in this place tonight. There are certain red lines you cannot cross, you should not cross. There are certain things you should not be reckless about them. There are certain things, amen, that you can lose, you can never get back. Oh, hallelujah, amen. And I feel it in the Holy Ghost tonight. I tell you, I cherish what God has done in my life. I cherish the presence of God, how God put my family back together, put my marriage, put my life back together. 
And I'm not going to lose it for anything. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Esau could not find repentance because repentance was not available in the Old Testament. And repentance, you could not get the things back that you've lost, amen, in the Old Testament. And when people commit sin, all what they had to do, they had to sacrifice animals. And all what they're doing is they're pushing their judgment one year after one year. And that's what they were able to do in the Old Testament. They were able just to push God's judgment away. Amen. I want to tell you that God does not delight in judgment. Judgment is the results of sin. Judgment is the results of someone that turning his back on God. Someone who's not cherishing that God, what God has done for them. And, and amen. And God, I believe that God pulls back as much as he can. God is not evil. God is not mean. God is not angry. God is love. God is grace. But the wages of sin is death. Oh, hallelujah, amen. You are going to reap what you sow. Oh, hallelujah, amen. We read further about, about Jacob. Jacob had God's calling upon his life, but he wanted to expedite things in his life. And he wanted to open doors before it's time. Amen. Through cunning and through all kind of things. And, and the results, he spent 20 years, 20 years going in circle. Amen. Until he came to a place and he fought with the angel and, and his, his hip was, was out of place. You read about Moses. Can you imagine Moses, a great man of God, greatly used by God. Amen. He delivered God out of Egypt and they had miracles and wonders happening in their life. But a moment of anger. When God told him, you speak to that rock, he went on. He was angry and he hit it twice. And because of a moment of anger, he could not cross over to the promised land. And the Bible tells us that he sought the Lord twice, that he would let him. But he said, no, you can only go and see it from a distance. Can I tell you, can I tell somebody in this place, in this place tonight, that you cannot manage anger? That you should not just say, well, you know what, I'm under control. Anger is something you got to kill. Because at a moment in anger, you can spend 20 years behind bars. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You got to pray, God, deliver me. God, take it out of my heart. Take it out of my spirit. The Bible tells us that Moses was not able to find repentance. He could not get back what he has lost. And all these great people in the Bible that God has done great things in their life. Amen. They have lost it. Amen. At a moment of weakness or sin. And they could not get things back. The Bible tells us, you read about Saul, a man that was handpicked by God to be a king. And God had used him and God had set him up to be king over God's people. Amen. But the problem that King Saul had is that he had a problem with spiritual authority. He felt like I can just... Uh, Offer the sacrifice and I don't need the man of God and I don't need Samuel. I'm king and God had used me and God had put me in a place. Amen. And the results the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 13 and 13. Samuel said to Saul that has done foolishly. Let me tell you anytime you come against spiritual authority you're doing a foolish thing. Hallelujah. Anytime you feel like I don't need a pastor or a man of God in my life. Amen. You're doing something wrong. You're doing something foolish. 
The Bible calls it foolishly. Amen. Because you are not recognizing God's order and God's authority. You might have a problem with the man of God, but it's never about the man of God. It's about the office. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Because of that mistake, the Bible tells us that the kingdom was ripped from Saul and God found him a man by the name of David. Some people say that God chose David because he's a worshiper. I'll tell you not. Somebody said God chose David because he was a man. Praise, praise God. I'll tell you not. Amen. The reason why God chose David, it was a man. It was after God's own heart. And he was after God's order. And David respected spiritual authority. Even when Saul was doing evil, even when Saul was wrong, David would not dare to raise his finger against Saul. He said, this is God's anointed. The Bible says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Hallelujah. And I believe that this is why God had chosen David. But as you read about David, that as God chose David, here Saul lost the kingdom. He could never get it back. And the danger about it is that often these mistakes, it doesn't, the person doesn't just pay the price, but their children pay the price. Show me a person that rebelled against the, the pastor and the spiritual authority, and I'll show you where their children are. I'm just preaching the truth. And I know maybe this is from a missionary, but, but I'm preaching to you my heart tonight. Uh, because it's really never about you. It's about your children. It's about your household. It's about your future. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And because of, because, because Saul, King Saul would not respect spiritual authority, their ch children paid the price. I want to tell you, I, there is one thing I want to leave my children. There is one thing I told Jacob, I want to leave him. I may not leave you riches or glory in this, in this land, but I'm, I've made up my mind to leave you God's favor and God's blessings. Oh, and this is the best gift you can give your children. Teach them how to pray. Teach them how to love the men of God. Teach them how to respect spiritual authority. Teach them how to love God. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that David, amen, greatly used by God. But yet at a moment of weakness when he was supposed to be fighting with, the, with God's army, he, he took a break. And, and there we all know the story. He went on the rooftop and there he saw a woman by the name of Bathsheba. The Bible tells us that David lusted over Bathsheba, had an affair with her. Eventually killed her husband. And brought her into his home. A year later. Or nine months later. She had a child. Isn't it amazing that people can do crazy things. And it never dawned on them that it's wrong. Until God sends them a man of God. That will speak things into their life. And I'll tell you. I don't want to ever lose that voice. In my life. I, I need a man of God that will speak to me. And speak things in my heart. Oh God. Give me a sensitive spirit. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible tells us uh, that, that Nathan comes uh, and Nathan tells David in 2 Samuel 12 and 13. David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. David, Nathan told David, you're the man. You've killed a person. You took his wife. You've lusted over her. And you killed some of the men that were submitted to you. 
The Bible tells us, amen, that judgment came. And David, when he confessed his sin, there were certain things he cannot keep. The Bible tells us, uh, Nathan, Nathan told David, uh, amen, that this child that's born shall surely die. Amen. The Bible tells us that, that here David therefore besought God in verse 16 for the child. And David fasted and went in and lay all night upon the earth. And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth. But he would not, neither did he eat bread with them. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. And David could not get, keep the child alive because there was no repentance. You could not get things back. At that moment throughout the history of Israel, every time somebody lost something, amen, they could not get it back. As a matter of fact, there was just two kings in the Bible that they tried to repent. One of them was, was Ahab, how wicked he was. And all what they did, they postponed the judgment where their children paid the price. And I don't want to be in a place where my children are paying the price because of my decisions. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible tells us uh, after seven days, they came and they told David, on verse 20, arose from the, David rose from the earth, washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he came to his own house when he required, they set bread before him and he did eat. I believe that in those seven days when David was praying and was fasting, I believe that David said, you know what, <laughs> I'm going to press through to a place where no one before me was able to press through. I believe that there is a place in the heart of God that I can touch that can turn things around, that can restore things back. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that David made up in his mind. Oh, I, I just, faith is not working for me. Faith is not helping me. Amen. But I've got to grab a hold of a key. And that key is going to help me to get into the place where I can touch the heart of God. That I can touch the mercies of God. That I can obtain mercy upon my life. Oh, hallelujah. Listen to what happened. First Samuel 12, 24. After that, David got into that place. I believe that God said, you know what, David? Nobody before you had got there and nobody after you is going to get there. And I'm going to give you a key that nobody else had. And that key was the key of David. It's the key of mercy. It's the key of repentance where you can get back what the enemy has taken from you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible tells us in 2 Samuel 12 and 24. And David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went in unto her and laid with her. And she bare a son and called his name Solomon. And the Lord loved him. How is it that God would love a child just born? Was it his looks? No. Was it his height? No. Was it his weight? No. Can I tell you why God loved Samuel? Why God loved Solomon? The reason why God loved Solomon is because Solomon was the child of repentance. He was the child of God's mercy. That God said, you know what? I'm going to give you back, David, what you've lost. Nobody got it before, but you're going to have it. And I'm going to give him the kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. 
I believe from that moment. I believe from that moment, David, grab a hold of, of that key. Amen. And it's called the key of repentance. And he said, I'm going to keep entering into that room every day of my life. Amen. I'm going to keep getting there because I found mercy. I found the heartbeat of God. I found something that will push God's judgment and bring me back what I have lost. I found how I can stay under the favor and the grace of God. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible tells us. Amen. In Psalm 5 and 6, the Lord will uphold the bloody and deceitful men. But as for me, amen, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy. You can know something for sure that when you use that key, for sure you're going to get mercy. There is no question about it. God will move judgment. God will move the wages of sin. God will, will move things aside and will give you mercy. Hallelujah. Have you met somebody? Have you heard about somebody that had a trial before the judge and fixing to go to, 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 to jail and somehow they came to an apostolic Pentecostal church. Amen. And they prayed through to the Holy Ghost and the next day they went to the, to the courthouse and they were free against all odds. Do you know why? Because they have tapped into that mercy. They got a hold of a key and said that key works. That key works. Oh, that key can turn the judge's heart. That key can turn, amen, the judgment around. That key can turn a curse and make it a blessing. Oh, hallelujah. And I believe, amen, that David enjoyed that. But David died. And when he died, he didn't leave that key for anybody. He took that key with him. Amen. Because you read about after David, not one person had that key. Where you can have access to repentance and get back the, the things that God had given them after that they have lost it. All the way. Amen. Israel did not have repentance. We read throughout the scripture. Amen. That, that repentance was hid from God's face. We read in Isaiah, amen, throughout the scriptures that, that men could not really grab all God would call them and we would call them to come back. But yet that key was lost. That key was not found. And I believe that David took that key with him. He loved it so much that I said, you know what, I'm not going to give it up until Jesus came to the scene. And I believe that when Jesus came to the scene, the Bible tells us, Amen. That when Jesus died, he went to the uttermost part of the earth. And I believe that he went down to David. He said, David, you got something that belongs to me. And I want that key back. I want that key of David that gives you mercy and that can turn Gaza. I want to give access, amen, to Israel that they can have repentance and that can have mercy and grace. That's why the Bible tells us, amen, that the key of the house of David shall be laid upon his shoulder. Jesus got a hold of that key. He said, I will fasten that nail as a nail in a sure place. And that's why in Revelation 22 and 16, the Bible says, he said, Jesus, I have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and the morning star. And in verse Revelation 3 and 7, he said, I am the true he who has the key of David. 
And if you read about the Lord Jesus, every city he went to, every place he went to, he would preach repentance. He would tell people, hey, you can turn things around. Hey, you don't have to go down that road. You don't have to pay price for your negligence and for your mistakes and your, your failure. You can turn your life around. You can get God's mercy and blessing. You see, repentance is a beautiful word. Repentance is something awesome. Repentance is a gift from God. That will get God to give you that grace and that divine favor and help on your life. Amen. The Bible tells us in Acts 5 and 30. The God of our Father raised up Jesus. And I believe that's why Jesus raised up. Amen. Whom he slew, you slew and hang on a tree. Him has God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior to give repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. They just did not have it. They had to pay a price. And that's exactly what happened. The Bible tells us, amen, in Acts 5 and 32. And we are the witness of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God has given them that obey him. Something about that key that Jesus had when he went on the cross, he did not take it with him. You know what he did with that key? He didn't do like David did. He gave it to Peter. Hallelujah. Now, I know this is not a big deal for you, but it's a big deal for me. Who came from a messed up life and a life of sin. And I needed God's grace and mercy. Hallelujah. And that, that's what Peter did. He got a hold of that key. And you know what Peter did? He said, I'm not going to hold on to that key. But I'm going to tell people, even if you crucify Christ, you can have your sins remitted. You can have the grace of God. God can put your family back together. God can put your marriage back together. God can put your life together. He'll take all the fragments of your life and put it together if you use that key. And that's why he told them, repent. Use that key. Get into the heartbeat of God. Get into that sure mercy. Can I tell you, I have yet to find one person that God had turned back. Did not accept who used that key. As a matter of fact, I've seen God fill people with the Holy Ghost. The moment they use that key. The moment that they repent. Even before they got baptized in the water. God comes and grace of God comes upon them. And he will fill them with the Holy Ghost. And I'm thankful that Peter didn't leave that key. Didn't take that key with him. But you know what David, what, what Peter did? He kept it in the church. Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to put it in a sure place. Okay, I want to tell somebody. It doesn't matter for how many years you've been away from God and what you've done. It doesn't matter if you sold your birthright. The moment you come to an apostolic church. Hallelujah. The moment you walk through these doors, you're not just coming into a fellowship. You're coming to a place where you can surely find mercy. There is no question about it. There is no judgment. There is no, you, you can surely find it. And the Bible tells us he put it. I believe that right here at this altar, there is a nail. There is, there is a key that's hang on a sure nail. It's for you. 2,000 years later, it still works. 2,000 years later, people are still getting mercy. Still getting the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I believe that's why God put an apostolic church in Lebanon. You know why? It's because God wanted to put some keys right there. You know, it doesn't matter if they're Muslim, Druze, Catholic, Christian. It doesn't matter where they're at, what country, anybody. 
I said to anybody, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if they were ex-ISIS, it doesn't matter what they've done, it doesn't matter what sin they've committed. The moment they come, man, I feel the presence of God. They respond to the Holy Ghost. I feel, and they start feeling, and before you know it, they grab hold of that key. And they open that door, and God fills them with the Holy Ghost. And you can see God's grace upon their life. If you stand with me tonight, I believe that this key of David it still works today. I'll tell you, repentance is not something that we do when we first come to God. I've taught my children to repent every day. Every day walk into that room. Every day walk into, don't, don't you have judgment on your shoulder. Some people make reckless things out of their life simply because they kept themselves from going into that room. I'm gonna, I will dwell in the house where you multitude of your mercy hallelujah I, I taught my children every day you just walk don't you go to sleep at night without just entering to that room God if there is anything in my life every word every thought everything that's not right I want mercy hallelujah I enjoy the divine favor of God and I want to stay there I'll tell you there's no condemnation and that's the difference there's no condemnation on those who are in Christ Jesus. That's why, little words, God, touch my heart. God, touch my life. God, I, I might have made a mistake, but God, I'm just going to use that key. I'm going to come to the altar tonight. And I'm going to take that key. I'm going to get into that room. And I'm going to talk to the Lord. Said, Lord, I don't deserve it. I know I don't deserve mercy. I, I'm not here to, to, to deserve mercy, but I'm here to touch your heart. I'm here to get mercy. Mercy upon my household. Mercy upon my life. Mercy upon my work. Mercy upon my city. Mercy upon... I just need your mercy, God. You know what? God does not look at anything else. When you get into that room, the only thing God looks at grace. And look what he can do through your life. And what God, how can he can restore you and give you back what the devil has taken. Restore the years that the locust has eaten and give you beauty for ashes if you lift your hands with me tonight I want you to be bold tonight I want you to tell the devil you get off my back you get off my life you get off my marriage you get over my finances I'm gonna walk into that room I'm gonna make things right I'm gonna get mercy I'm gonna have God touch me oh hallelujah and you're gonna see how this week mercy is gonna follow you the hand of God is gonna be with you hallelujah Hallelujah. If you pray with me right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you for your heartbeat, God. Thank you for your word. I want to, I want to encourage you tonight. Go ahead and talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Don't think about anything else. Just press your way. You're going to feel the, the love of God come and minister to you at this moment. You're going to feel the grace of the Lord and the mercy. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, God will give you the Holy Ghost at this moment, tonight. God can turn things around, can turn your family around, can turn your life around. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I am the root and the offspring of David. I was set before you a door that no man can shut. Can I tell you what this door is? That's the door of the sure mercies of God. 
nobody can shut it. Would you pray with me right now at this moment? Oh God, cleanse me, wash me. He said, come now, let us reason together, say the Lord. Though your sins be as a scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Go ahead and reach out to him. Lift your hands and take, close everything around you. Shut every wrong voice and every negative voice. And just embrace the mercy of God. Talk to him tonight. He's given you access. He's given you an open door. He's given you the key. Use it. Use it. Hallelujah. 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 I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I feel the grace of God tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, come to the front. Let's pray with you. I believe that God will fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. He's eager. He's already given it to you. You've got to receive it. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, God. I worship you. I worship you. I love you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Talk to him, right?
what I feel is happening right now. There's some folks that are living under condemnation. That you feel like there's nothing you can do to get away from the mistakes that you've made, the sins you've committed. The weight of your past is on you so heavy. It's a burden, it's a weight, it's a dark cloud that hangs over every day of your life. Perhaps maybe you've even come to the point where you feel like that's just something you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life. But here's what my Bible says. That Jesus Christ came not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And the key to opening that door is repentance just like you've heard preached tonight. So as your eyes are closed and your hands are lifted, I want to tell that person that has felt so dirty that they don't deserve even the right to ask for forgiveness. I want you to just begin to talk to the Lord all over as they're singing this song. I want you to sing it so that people can pray and not feel like anybody can listen to them. Amen. There's nothing too dirty. Go ahead, sing
you're baptized in Jesus' name, your sins are washed away. And the Bible said all things, somebody say all things. All things are brand new. Does anybody have anything you wish that you had ever done? Anybody have anything in your life you've ever wished you hadn't done? If there's a hand that's down right now, that person is lying. Everybody's. But you know what? You can't go back and undo it, can you? You can't go back and undo it. And that's the power of the gospel, that when you're baptized in Jesus' name, you can't go back and undo it. But he covers it with his blood and makes all things brand new. Isn't that awesome? Man, that's awesome. Somebody ought to be baptized tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Come here, Brother Azar, if you will. Amen. I love this man. Come here, my friends. Man, what, this is my friend. This is one of my dearest friends. I love Brother Azar. One of the reasons I love him so much is he is, he is the same here. He's the same at conference. He's the same in Lebanon. He's the same in Egypt. Everywhere we've gone together. He lives, he gives his life for God. And one of the other things I love the most about, about this family is sometimes you go and, and the, the pastor and, and his wife, they work, 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 and their kids, just they, they're not connected, but his kids are constantly working in that church. And, uh, and find, wherever it needs to be done, whatever needs to be done, from the time they were little bitty, now that none of them are little bitty, but time they were little bitty, they've, they've just worked for God. And I, Brother Azar, I love you and your family. And, and you mentioned, you mentioned about uh, your church giving away a hundred boxes of food a month. You were doing 20, now you're doing a hundred. And uh, can, can, how long, how, how much, how long can a family survive on, on one of those boxes of food? About two weeks. About family two weeks. of four. Family of four. For $30. Yes. Now, I think you told me the other day, if I'm not mistaken, that because of inflation, that that uh, that some of these folks are trying to survive for the average about, was it $19? Is that what you told me? About $19 a week is the average. Right. So you can imagine what it would be like for you to try to take care of your family. Because of the, the drop in their economy, and the value of the dollar. When you give a dollar to feed a family, it's like you handed them a, a, a handful of money. It's not a, it's not a dollar for dollar. Your one dollar is not like giving a Lebanese person a dollar. Your one dollar is like giving them. Guess how much? Like giving them a hundred dollars. And so. I, I see Brother Benny's already got his wallet out. I've already, I've already got him under conviction. <laughs> Brother Zar, I am giving, I'm, I'm personally going to buy 10 boxes of food. That's $300. We'll take care of it. I know there's people here. You might not be able to do 10. You might not be able to do one. You might be able to, you might, you might have to join up with three or four other people to, to get a box of food. But that box of food is going to feed a family. But not only that, 
you're going to be able to let this church go into a community that has no hope and say, we care about you, we're worried about you, and we love you, and we're going to help you. That's powerful. That's powerful. Anybody else want to help with the box or two or ten? $200. Let's do this. Let's do this. I, I, don't, I don't want you to, I don't want everybody to have to call it out. Unless we get, unless we get more that way. If, if you're making a pledge for a box of food, you can write it down on a piece of paper. That's what I went over there for and I got it out and left it. write it down your pledge come and write we've got pens you can write down how much you're going to pledge for a box how many boxes of food how much money you're going to give they're $30 a box $30 a box you write it down if you if you write down a number please put your name so we know so we know if you're just going to give cash just go ahead and put it in I'm believing I'm believing there's at least 100 boxes worth of food in this church tonight. That's what I believe. Lord, I pray, God, that you would open our hearts to give. God, you know who can and who can't. God, you know how much each person can. This is not a, this is not a, a, a trying to put a guilt trip. This is trying for us to rise up and help this missionary reach his community and to make a change. And God, I pray that everyone that gives, that you would just honor what your word said, that you would open the windows of heaven. And pour out a blessing that there's not room enough to receive. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God, I pray you let it be done. In the name of Jesus, I ask you, God, to pour your blessings out. God, on this congregation as they give. And God, on the apostolics of Beirut tonight. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, let the anointing of the Holy Ghost flow through this ministry into that city to be a light in the midst of darkness and hope in the midst of hopelessness. And God, to let your love shine through in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, Brother Azar, while they're, 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 they're giving, uh, anything you want to say about this project or anything else, anything that's on your heart, uh, they're, they're, they're not going anywhere till they get done. They're lining up. Humbling. Thank you, Pastor Vasquez. Thank you, thank you, Pastor Vasquez. Thank you all for your help. Um, you really, uh, I, words cannot really express the, the, what Lebanon is going through at this time, what, what people are going through. It's very humbling to see people who at one time they were uh, supporting our church and now they wait for the box of food a month. This project has, has, has been a great tool for us, for our church, to really get to impact our community, impact people in Lebanon. Um, especially we have, we have a lot of families that they have little children and we've been buying boxes and all this, all this food we buy, we buy it wholesale so we can get as much as we can for the money we're buying and we box it and we give it, we give it to them. But we also been purchasing dry milk, 
where they can make cheese out of it and milk for the children. Um, our church also been involved in buying medicine. We can't find medicine in Lebanon a whole lot now. So um, I thank you from all of my heart for, for your sacrifices. I know and thank you for giving to Lebanon, to our church, to be a light in a dark place at, at this time, at this difficult time. Lebanon was not like that. Lebanon was well considered a wealthy country in that region and uh, and this turn that has taken a toll on the people and most people we have they told me about 7,000 uh, they're issuing 7,000 passport a day in Lebanon people are trying to leave because of the difficulties that Lebanon is going through but I believe that there is hope I believe that that Jesus is the hope of Lebanon he can turn things around and uh, he can he can restore things and this is what we plan I believe that all this this last seven years that we've been there has really led us to this time and God had raised us for such a time as this to make a difference in that part of the world so on behalf of our church and our family we thank you and thank you for putting food on some of the some people's table in Lebanon God bless you. Thank you, Brother Zar. If, amen. Amen. So, I want to say how much I appreciate you all. If, if you don't have cash and you're not, you don't want to do uh, the pledge on the piece of paper, the pledge is, is, is above cash. So, um, but if you want to give through the Beth Church app, you can go on the app where it has a note you just put for uh, food for Lebanon or Beirut, and we'll make sure that all gets there. They're going to count it. We're, we're going to let this pastor leave with a check to be able to go home and, uh, and, and work. We'll figure out how we got to get the money to, to, uh, to them and uh, believing God to move in a mighty way. And to use this man of God. Before we're dismissed, why don't you reach your hand out towards this good man of God. And why don't you pray for he and his wife and his children and the work in Lebanon. While you're doing that, let's pray for Brother Aaron who's with them right now. Lord, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you for my friend. I thank you, Lord Jesus, because this church has always had a heart for missions work. And they have a love for Brother Azar and his family. God, I pray your anointing and blessing and wisdom and direction upon him as they lead this church, God, on his family. God, I pray that you use him mightily. I pray God use Brother Aaron while he's there in Jesus' name. God, to be a blessing to the work. God, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your blessings and your presence. God, I pray for everyone that gave tonight. God, that you would make them the head and not the tail. And God, that you would open heaven and pour a blessing on them that there's not room to receive, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. You can be dismissed.